Lights, camera, action. I mean, going all the way back, I mean, I know you were young when uh, you took the role, obviously, but how do you go about getting a role that early? I know you've done some acting, but did you know that this was like a big film when, did you audition for it or were you just kind of offered it? Well, um, I'd been, uh, I'd been auditioning in the business for, um, at the time, I'd been in the business, well, I've been since I was six. And uh, I was actually uh, uh, 12 when I auditioned for the uh, movie and had done uh, several before. And I auditioned for it just like any other film. Um, when we started, um, when I got it, I was thrilled because it was uh, a John Hughes movie. And, you know, he was this incredible icon of the 80s and 90s. I mean, of the 80s yeah. as a that we hadn't gone into the 90s yet. And uh, it was um, thrilling that I was able to do that to get a John Hughes film. We, of course, had no clue, had no idea <laughs> that it would be as big as it turned out to be. No, it's, uh, it seems strange to say that now when you think of Home Alone. I mean, I think it's to, probably to the point now where if you, when you mention Christmas, people sort of jump to Home Alone. Uh, very much so. It's been uh, yes. it's become sort of synonymous with uh, yeah. with and certainly with Christmas films. Yeah, and that, so, um, we, we we knew we were making a good film, a uh, good holiday film, but we had no uh, no clue uh, that it would actually have such longevity and have such an impact on so many people for generations. No, I mean, you can sort of only imagine, um, but as you say, I mean, synonymous is probably the word you'd use. Certainly, I mean, films, definitely, but I mean, for a lot of people, you mentioned Christmas, and one of the highlights of Christmas time is, I'm going to watch Home Alone. Um, <laughs> so so it, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's basically sort of all-encompassing, now. Absolutely. You said that you were acting from about six years old. How does that come about? Is it something that you were particularly like, outgoing when you were younger or something that your parents put you in just to kind of see how it was, same as you do any other thing when, when you're that age and obviously you, you picked it up and went the whole way with it? It, it came very naturally uh, to me. Um, my, uh, both my parents are, uh, are actors as well. Oh, okay. And they, you know, uh, they actually... It happened quite by accident. One of their friends was a casting agent and asked if uh, I'd be interested in trying out for a commercial. Uh, and I was absolutely thrilled. Um, yeah. Not only was, I, you know, I, this was something that I had displayed a, a lot of, uh, I mean, let's just say I wasn't really a shy kid. Uh, so <laughs> I had displayed several, uh, you know, lots of, uh, uh, performing attributes um, already, and um, it came rather naturally when I when I auditioned. I wasn't nervous at all, and then shooting it was great. 
and on top of that, I got to miss a day of school to shoot a yeah. commercial. That was fantastic. You know, it was it was a win-win. Uh, and they paid me, at least I thought. You know, I wasn't sure about that. You know, the checks obviously didn't mean very much to me, but I was yeah. – <laughs> uh, I took to it like, a, you know, duck to water. And um, I never really looked back. And um, I've always uh, – it, it's always been – a lifelong um, goal for me to be a an actor. You mentioned. You mentioned go on, Kenny. So I was going to say, you mentioned obviously you were twelve when you sort of in Home Alone. I know you were in Little Monsters and things before, but it must have been the case that suddenly you go when Home Alone comes out around the Christmas holidays, you go back to school, and you must have been a, you must just be a superstar. It must <laughs> must be must be really odd to be sort of a normal kid, like you say, out outgoing, but sort of relatively normal, and then. If, if people don't recognize you from little monsters and some other things, then you come back and you're in home alone and suddenly you're the, sort of the toast of the town. It was, um, I mean, I mean, uh, nobody else can really, uh, understand, I guess what it was. And I didn't understand what it was like either. Um, we shot it when I had just turned 13 and, mm. uh, I started high school, I guess, uh, secondary school, I guess you call it. Yeah. Um, uh, I started high school in September and the movie came out November 26. So I was in high school for two months yeah. um, before it came out. And um, everyone was sort of like following this phenomenon along with me. Um, you know, my friends and even like teachers in school were, you know, talking about it in biology class and how it, it stayed number one in the theaters, in the movie yeah. theaters until April, I think April yeah. 14th. So almost my entire first year of high school was, I mean, the majority of it had Home Alone being the number one movie in the country and then the world. Um, and it was strange. I mean, because I was just trying to, I, I was trying to figure everything out. Yeah. Trying to figure out high school, uh, becoming a teenager. Um, you, I mean, everything was completely new. Uh, so I never, I never went to high school without Home Alone being this sort of uh monolithic uh thing hanging over my head whether i wanted it or not yeah um and um you know it it, it i went to a uh laguardia uh, i went to laguardia high school the performing arts it was a performing arts high school yeah so everybody wanted to be a performer of some sort and um there i am with the number one film it was <laughs> strange sensation to go through i mean a strange entire year to go through um that you know i i don't know what it would be like to go through ninth grade not being in the number one movie in the world yeah you know yeah yeah i get it. i was i was thinking when it comes to kind of uh being like a, a child actor on set what's what's it like from the director's standpoint like how much critique can they can they give in terms of they're not happy with a particular part of the performance because even yourself and there being some 
younger children there as well is it easy to maneuver that or are they kind of working with what they've got at the time um we uh, had i mean we had chris christopher columbus we had chris columbus directing this and he um was just um he was just incredible with kids um he really uh i mean he talked to us on a on a on a a level like as actors he he talked to us as actors not as child actors yeah uh, and uh he dealt with me as more of an adult because i was one of the older uh, kids on the set and he would ask like he he valued my opinion and he asked me uh, things and and if i had a question for him he absolutely made time um, we, there was on the second film, um, I had a question on the set, like we were about to shoot a big scene, a big apology scene in, in Home Alone 2. And I asked Chris Columbus, you know, what, what is a trout sniffer? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know, you know, what to feel like calling him that because I don't know what it is. Uh, and he said, okay, and this was on the set while we were shooting, and he, and he said, okay, well, what would you rather call him, or what would you call him, really? And we tried to come up with other names and stuff, but he really gave me uh, attention and asked, yeah. uh, ta- treated me as a thinking actor. <clears throat> I couldn't think of anything better than Trout Sniffer at the time that could be, you know, uh, used in the film so we just went we went with it and obviously it kind of stuck but i still don't know what a trout sniffer is <laughs> uh one who one who sniffs trout i guess yeah, yeah. Oh, i think that is just it <laughs> self-explanatory i suppose yeah. why, you know why buzz chose to call his younger brother a, a trout sniffer um, and why it enraged uh, the, Kevin so much? I mean, I guess it's an insult, but that's you know yeah. that's that's Buzz's own personal uh, pathos, you know. Yeah, I mean, as far as far as insults go, I mean, I've been called a lot worse, so I wouldn't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd lose too much sleep over it. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you can't. You can't no. beat Trout. <laughs> no. You can't beat that, you Trout Sniffer. With um, the the role in the film, obviously, like Buzz is like integral to the start of the film. In that, the whole kind of first ten fifteen minutes is about making you feel sorry for Kevin before he's left at home on his own. And did you do you have any um, like brothers or sisters to kind of have the sibling rivalry from? Because obviously, this one's amped up a bit, but you probably get the same kind of arguments in every single household across the world, especially around Christmas time. Uh, we actually had uh, a, a really good rapport. All, all, all the kids. We, um, I mean, it was it was not difficult to to shoot the scenes where we had to argue and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times, um, Mac was trying not to laugh during uh, <laughs> the scenes where I'm shoveling the pizza into my mouth and trying to uh, trying to uh, you know, enrage him. Uh, 
we would, you know, laugh a lot as soon as they called cut. Um, there was, you know, I guess there was a, a lack of method acting uh, involved, but that's that's okay because I think the chemistry that came out on the film was uh, um, worked out well. You, you got the idea. Like Buzz was kind of a, well, he was kind of a trout sniffer. Uh, <laughs> both, uh, great, great actor at once. Uh, um, and everyone got that and knew that. And, um, it was, it was fun to play and we, um, we never really, uh, got at each other's throats at all. That's, um, that's, that's perfect. I mean, you go through the whole first film and then you've probably just, just, just got away from being number one and you're in school and then you do the sequel. So you must've known then that the same thing is going to happen, but probably bigger and around for longer. Uh, it was a whole new ball game uh, for the second one. It was, it was being called up to the majors. Um, you know, the, the first one was um, about $9 million, the budget. Uh, yes. And, and it grossed uh, over a half a billion dollars. Um, so we sort of strolled into the second one with a uh, giant $50 million budget. And that allowed us um, uh, the, just, I mean, it took away all anxiety um, and fear um, about, you know, perhaps making, you know, a terrible film and and no one will see it. or (laughs) You know, the, the, uh, the, the distribution company won't like it or what we, uh, we walked in with the confidence that allowed us, to be able to relax and play and uh, investigate the, the movie and the scenes more and really dig into it more. Um, and that's, I, I mean, that's the only sequel I've ever, I've ever made. Uh, and it's, it's truly a, um, it's a, it's a remarkable experience to be able to make a film that, you know, has a built in audience and that yeah. you want to make. And, uh, it just pushed us um, to try and make things funnier and to try and, you know, uh, to s- satisfy the audience that had been so supportive of the first one. Yeah. It's motivational and relaxing. I mean, uh, and truly uh, one of the best film experiences I've had. What's it like kind of playing a bad guy, so to speak? I mean, you're not looking at an evil villain in Home Alone, but as far as characters go, it probably would be one of the bad guys, especially at the start of the film. Is, is that more fun to play than other roles, or how, how do you find it? I love it. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing's more fun than playing the bad guy. Um, they're, they are the best, the best roles to play. Yeah. <laughs> you look at, uh, you know, Hans Gruber, you know, Alan Rickman yeah. having a fantastic time. <laughs> Um, and built a really interesting, memorable villain, uh, psychotic and dangerous. Um, but I didn't even have that to worry about, you know, (laughs) nobody thinks, you know, Buzz is psychotic. I mean, a a dick. Yeah. But not, you know, (laughs) um, so it was great to play and to be able to, um, you know, not make him 
completely unlikable. Uh, find ways where, like, at least, uh, you know, at the end, you know, hey, yeah. Kev, it's pretty, you didn't burn the place down, you know, stuff like that, uh, lines like that, where it was like, I, I, you could just sink your teeth into a bad guy's role. Yeah. Uh, better. Uh, and, you know, I didn't have to beat anyone up or shoot anyone, so... <laughs> Um, it was, it's just, it's the, it's, I've played several bad guys, real, real yeah. bad guys. Um, and those roles, you know, people kind of stay to stay away from you on the set a little bit more. Um, you know, when you're really like sociopaths, um, yeah. <laughs> those, those are actually a little bit, you know, hard to, to shake, you know, uh, to shake off when they call cut, yeah. go into it. Um, but with Buzz, I mean, it was just like exaggerate every uh, obnoxious, boisterous, uh, kind of selfish uh, flaw or yeah. impulse that I, that I have in real life and then just, you know, go with it, make it bigger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people still, people love Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> Could you, you've got the the real bad guys then on set in um, well, Joe, Joe Pesci in particular, and he's just come off filming Goodfellas. This is his first film after Goodfellas, the first Home Alone. Did you kind of truly appreciate kind of who he was then more so than you probably would now? Uh, no, I did not. Um, I, uh, I I I was very excited to meet the guy who was in Raging Bull. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and none of the other kids had ever, you know, even heard of that. Uh, they were, you know, hadn't been born. Um, he, uh, Goodfellas had not come out. Oh, okay. Uh, it came out like right at the, I think the same time as Home Alone. <laughs> uh, like it competed with Home Alone. It, we, we Knocked it out of the out of number one uh, for the entire time. I think Scorsese was rather upset. Uh, what a time at the box office! Right, right. I also actually I remember uh, you know people talking like in the locker room of my high school. Uh, we that we were talking. The kids would come up saying Home Alone's number one again this week, and it was uh, right before Christmas break, and. Uh, I remember uh, I was uh, classmates and uh, close friends uh, with Corey Stoll, the actor. Uh, yeah. He, we were both uh, in the same class of freshman year and in junior high school. Uh, and I remember him very specifically saying, "Like, well, yeah, it's number one this week, but uh, you know, uh, next week Godfather Three opens up. So uh, guess it won't be number one for very long." Huh? Like, oh, geez, that's right. Godfather 3 is coming out Christmas Day. We'll never, never be able to compete with a brilliant, you know, third installment of that film. It never reached, uh, it, it never reached uh, a number one. Like, it never came close to us. <laughs> no, I don't. It never, never quite reached the, the heights. Um, yeah, yeah. Shall we say. <laughs> so, I mean, with with Joe Pesci on set, do you, do you have kind of anything that when you see him that you go back to any kind of like interaction with him? Because you read kind of these these stories that other people have before, and he, he does seem like quite the character. 
Uh, he was uh, he was rather upset that they uh, were shaving his head. Um, <laughs> he has a you know he had a fantastic uh, you know uh, mane of hair, you know, this mm. almost pompadour, if if you will, and he was rather upset that they uh, decided to shave it. And uh, by the second one, um, this was '92, the height of grunge. And I had not gotten a haircut since the first Home Alone. <laughs> um, so I had long, this long, so lion's mane hair. And uh, I walked, I was walking into the makeup trailer, hair makeup trailer to get the haircut. And he was standing outside uh, looking at this. They let you keep that hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's pointing to his, to his scalp. Uh, and uh, I said, no, not really. I'm going in to get a cut. Like, ah, okay. And when I came out, it was the buzz sheer, you know, the buzz cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And says, hi. Now, how's it feel, huh? At least you got some hair left. My scalp is freezing. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he was almost like ribbing me for getting the haircut. Um, I also recall that he... Uh, he was having uh, difficulty not cursing uh, during uh, the scenes where he gets, you know, you know, beaten and hit, yeah. <laughs> break, whatever, you know, uh, getting uh, tortured by this little kid. Um, it the script was like, you know, uh, Harry you know, howls in pain and mutters as he stumbles away. Um, and he was muttering for for sure, but uh, they couldn't use anything that he was muttering. Uh, <laughs> you know, saying what what J- Joe Pesci as a burglar being beat by a kid would say. You know that dirty motherfucker. You know, so on and so forth. And uh, Chris had to say, you know, can, can you just sort of like, can you try and make it just, you know, like the the cartoons where, you know, like Daffy Duck is hit with a brick and then he's sort of like, fuck it, Michael, come on. Mutters as he walks away. And so he he actually worked on that, um, just the muttering. And he's just fracking a lot. Fracking, but uh, everything was passable by censorship uh, rules. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's... He was so in character that he was just cursing and mad. Yeah. <laughs> and he just had to hold it in and, and uh, literally uh, sort of Looney Tunes, uh, Looney Tunes it as he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the, the second one. Obviously, that one's set in New York. And then um, towards the end of the film, uh, you get to be there as well. So, I mean, what is your kind of overriding memories from there? Did you get to be in the Plaza Hotel or... Did you have any experience there? Can you repeat the middle part? I'm sorry. It was, you're talking. You're asking about the New York experience. And what was yeah, yeah, that? yeah. Did you did you get to kind of stay? Get to stay at the Plaza Hall or as a compliment well, to the film? Maybe. I sure did. Um, we the Plaza was of course giving, uh, you know, our, giving us rooms uh, to stay in. Um, and there were like our dressing rooms as well, you know, and while we were there. Um, 
and uh, I had the I had a room that I could have stayed in, and the the only problem is is that I I live in New York City in Manhattan, about two miles away from the plaza, and my parents would not let me stay uh, in the hotel room by myself, and I was like, well, my brother can come. Luke, you want to come to the plaza and spend the night? He's like, sure. And my parents said, no. <laughs> and I was, I, I was just, I was so disappointed that, you know, this opportunity. And also growing up in New York, I've never had the, uh, the, the reason or opportunity to stay in a hotel in New York. No. no. Certainly not the plaza. No. Uh, and it sticks out now in my mind, you know, it's like, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. that that my overprotective parents wouldn't trust me to. Uh, well, they were smart, is what it was. They were smart. They, yeah, uh, I mean. they knew. They knew a little <laughs> bit. They knew a little better just not to let me stay in the closet no. with my older brother. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I remember the the second AD, the first AD was uh, saying, come on, you can stay there. You're going to order all the room service you want. You're going to the mini bar. And I was like, what's a mini bar? <laughs> and then my, my dad was like, okay, we probably won't be taking that room. <laughs> <laughs> the first day they ruined it for you. If you would have kept, kept it yeah. clean, you might have got away with it. Yeah, you know, good parenting really sucks for the kids. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I imagine, I imagine they, they, had, they probably had the right idea. <laughs> might might have got away with it on your own, but once you throw once your older brothers in the mix, it's just all, all bets are off, really. Oh yeah, I mean, I was fifteen by that point. Yeah, and, well, you know, you know, who knows what what wonderful life experiences I could have discovered? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. What's it? What's it like now when when Christmas comes around? Because as we kind of mentioned earlier, you almost can't escape for Home Alone being on the TV when you you turn the channel. Do you ever go back and watch it, or would you, even when you were younger, would you have to find maybe another Christmas film to watch to save just going over Home Alone again? Uh, there was absolutely a point, uh, a long period, uh, where, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm sorry, um, where I, uh, I was, I was okay, never seeing yeah. Home Alone again on TV. Uh, and um, there were some stations here uh, in America that on Thanksgiving Day would play Home Alone 24 hours in a row. Okay. <laughs> uh, and they, I mean, it replaced them playing It's a Wonderful Life. Um, and, and other stations, it, it, replaced, uh, it replaced them playing uh, A Christmas Story 24 hours in a row. Uh, and they did this on Christmas Eve as well. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it became, I mean, it, okay, so it wore off, you know, it wore off. Yeah. And, and I was okay, like, really, like, just trying to see some new Christmas film that didn't have me in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thing. Um and then, I mean, and, and that sort of wore off. And a couple of years, only a couple of years ago, they stopped doing the uh, the Home Alone marathons. Um, and that actually made people um, sort of uh, uh, reminisce about it. And yeah. 
it's sort of it's suddenly like the nostalgia caught up with people um and like children their children like suddenly they had children who yeah were you know of age to see it and there was you know there was this low for a while and then it just started building up again with this whole new generation of people of kids seeing it for the first time and grandparents seeing it for the first time. Uh, and, uh, the buzz, buzz of character started achieving, started generating this weird kind of cult following where, I mean, like there are like t-shirts with sayings on it. Uh, you know, there there are shower curtains with with the buzz um, buzz <laughs> on. There are drinks in bars that are named after quotes of mine that I've said. Uh, quotes of buzz, excuse me. Uh, and these bartenders absolutely grew up watching Home Alone, and now they were bartenders making drinks and naming them after Buzz. You know, the trout sniffer, I, I'm pretty sure, is a drink somewhere, by the way. <laughs> uh, Probably give and, that a miss, if I'm honest. <laughs> you, you've had one or two, is that right? No, I, 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 don't, I don't. I think you'd have to pay. I think you'd have to. It might be might be fantastic. It might just be the name for the sake of it. But I think if someone put someone on the table in front of me and said, there's a trout sniffer, I'd say, no, thank you. No, you're okay, <laughs> mate. I'll leave, leave that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not so sure the... Uh, the fishy aroma is uh, is the best <laughs> cocktail to have with a meal. You know? <laughs> just, just um, finally, I was going to say, what, what do you think now that they're, they're rebooting Home Alone? Aren't they? I think it's meant to come out this year, unless it's been pushed back with um, COVID and everything to do with that. So, how, how do you feel about them going back to the start and remaking it? Um, it is. Uh, it's a phenomenon. Once again, you know, nothing I've like nothing I've experienced before uh, to remake the movie uh, with you know all these tributes to the first one. Um, I, it's sure it's high time. I mean, thirty years ago, why not? Uh, yeah. You know, people are remaking movies that were you know just out twelve or fourteen years ago, um, and it seems as though. Uh, People wanted it, uh, yeah. I guess, otherwise they wouldn't have made it. But uh, it's, uh, you know, now I'm going to see this film go on to another generation uh, of kids, and it's going to keep on going. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what this film will be like and how popular it will be. Um, I have a feeling, like, a lot of kids are going to see it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and their parents will say, "You should see the original." I think they'll go straight back there. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless this one is better, you know, better than the original. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it's going to be. It is now officially a legacy. Uh, yeah, and, you know, something that parents will sit their kids down and show them. Um, I'm going to use the word phenomenon again because it's yeah. it's certainly it's certainly uh, not something that many actors get to experience, uh, no. and uh, I feel very privileged that I'm a part of something that has had such an impact for so long to so many people. And I mean, it will continue will continue to have an impact 
as you say, I mean, it's only going to come for to a new generation. Um, obviously, we talk, talked about Home Alone, as, as sort of we will when it comes to Christmas. Um, this is just a quick one for you. It's just uh, your, your thoughts on the tarantula. Rewatching the film before we came before we came to uh, <laughs> came to speak to you, the first thought that popped it was the first question that popped into my head was if I was your age and someone would have, would have given me a tarantula, it would have it would have got punted. You'd have seen it go sixty feet in the air. I wouldn't have been able to live with it. So when they when they put it in your hands, what what were your thoughts? Uh, I uh, I asked to 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 pet it. Um, I loved it. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, to be. It's actually it was a it was one of the bigger stars at that point on the set. Uh, that tarantula was uh, Big Bob. Big Bob was the star tarantula of the movie Arachnophobia. Oh my! Oh my! And, yeah, and I had, that had just come out, uh, I believe, the year before in '89, and uh, I had seen it in the theaters, and uh, I loved it. So Big Bob was a was a celebrity to me. I wanted to meet uh, to meet him, and uh, I uh, very enthusiastically. I also thought it was important, you know, as a character. I mean, for my character, you know, to develop a bond, a relationship with my pet yeah. that I so fondly of uh, before I left it, you know, alone in a cage for two weeks to go to Paris. Uh, but um, I, um, with the Spider Wrangler's um, strict supervision, I, uh, I, I pet the guy. I, I rubbed its, uh, the, the thorax. Um, and uh, even once uh, got to spray the compressed air uh, canister that they had to make the spider move, um, I guess, to train the spider. Uh, when he yeah. had to, uh, when Jed Cohen, who played my cousin, was tapping the, uh, the uh, aquarium, uh, he had to move. But tarantulas are very shy and don't... Uh, and scared uh, and don't want to reveal themselves by moving. So they don't move unless they have to. Yeah. Uh, and so during one of the close-ups, I, uh, I sprayed a canister of, uh, of uh, compressed air up its, uh, up its arse. If tarantulas have arse holes, I'm not sure if they do. Oh, I don't know. It's not something, not, not an animal I've ever spent too much time thinking about other than, uh, other than uh, he was earlier sure. today. He was adorable. Come on, you got to give him a second chance. I will take you. I'll take you away for it, Devin, because it won't wouldn't be me anywhere near. <laughs> I can tell you, I'm I'm happy enough to say that. Wouldn't have got. <laughs> not sure. Not sure what, as you mentioned, the checks earlier. I don't. Not quite sure what the, you checked for Home Alone was, but I don't think it would have had to be a lot more for them to put put Big Bob anywhere near me. <laughs> I uh, I I believe you. You're 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 sounding a little arachnophobic. My uh, no, I like. I don't know if arachnophobia. I don't know if tarantulas have got uh, if there's a separate phobia because I don't mind little spiders. But as soon as they, as soon as there's some airs on them, I'm okay. See, that's funny because it's kind of the opposite for me. The little guys that you know um, are moving, you know, so fast. And if I, you know, find one in uh, in any place where I'm staying, uh, I will not. I will not sleep until that uh, particular eight-legged arachnoid is gone. Nobody stays in my apartment who doesn't pay rent. Um, it, it's one way or another. Like I, they're out. 
But if it's a giant one, well, shit, I've only seen one of those once in life, and I was taught how to handle it, and it was uh, really docile. So big ones, I don't ever come across. I suppose now if I did ever, particularly in a New York City apartment in, like, hot weather, I probably would move out of my apartment. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do understand that. But the little guys, <laughs> oh, get it. And roaches, oh, I can't stand them. Oh, like Talking insects. off. Yeah, those horrible... <laughs> yeah. No, Sorry. I was going to say... Uh, this, right, no, I was only going to say, actually, because it's quite nice for one of the questions I wanted to, wanted to ask. Her, but I didn't think... I didn't quite think my segue would be as smooth as this, so I'm going to be quite pleased with this. Uh, we've just spoken about, yeah. obviously, bo- bugs and arachnids. Well, I wanted to ask you a question about the tick. Oh, well, that's a good segue. <laughs> yeah, I was actually... I was, I was going to ask you the question anyway, but I saw the opportunity, so I thought I'd jump on it before before I forget it. Um, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with that, I must admit. Um, but no, obviously we see you as Tim Fall Kevin in the tick across the across the two series. Um, what was what was it like? How did how did that come about? How did you get involved in something like that? With with, with um, and the big question I always wanted to know because so when you're working for a network like Amazon where it's going to go straight to streaming, is it any is is there is there any like noticeable difference? in the way things are done between sort of that and you want to say normal, but traditional TV, for example. Um, not in terms of production or at least not, uh, it, not what I saw in production. It was shot very much like, uh, I mean, it was shot exactly like, uh, any other, uh, normal television, uh, action comedy, uh, superhero series starring a giant blue man would be, uh, all of them. Um, it was, it was, it was shot the same way. Um, it was, you know, big budget. Uh, well, actually it was not big enough budget, um, which is sadly why it didn't, uh, continue. Uh, it was, uh, it was tremendous fun. I had not been uh, in, uh, too many, uh, superhero, uh, TV shows before. Uh, yeah. not as long. I was in agent Carter for a while, but, uh, this was a whole new ball game. Uh, this was also a comedy um, first and superhero second, but the action scenes were tremendously detailed. Uh, you know, you know, people on wires, you know, flying into walls, electricity shooting out of women's hands. Like uh, these effects to watch and see them, uh, see that how they were shooting it and how it was produced was tremendous fun and a big learning experience. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, I, I, I'm not sure enough people got the, uh, got the message that was on Amazon prime at the time, four years ago. Now Amazon is really, uh, expanding a lot, but this was the, uh, the first show that, uh, Amazon was really trying to push or at least the first in their superhero comedy genre. Uh, and they really were trying to, uh, get people to, uh, watched it as a normal TV show. And now, yeah. you know, thing is, is of course, you know, the ultimate, the only thing that people watch now, but it was, uh, it kind of missed its mark, unfortunately, but shooting it was tremendous fun. And it was shot uh, just like a, uh, a film or a TV show was. Mm. No, no, thank you very much. Well, f- thank you again for giving us so much of your time. I'll, uh, 
wish you a Merry Christmas in advance now because we're going to release this a little closer to December. So um, thank you again. And um, yeah, we really appreciate your time. Well, uh, it's been more than a pleasure and uh, thank you. And uh, I absolutely wish you and yours a happy, safe and Merry Christmas. You filthy animal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thanks very much. No problem, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. All right.